podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to the Matchday edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined today by Matt and James. But no Andy. Where's Andy? I think he's very poorly. Yeah, I know where Andy is. He rang in sick. <laughs> Should we play his, uh, his, sick, his sick voicemail that he left us? Go for it. Uh, I've been trying to bell you, mate. I know you're busy with work and that, so apologies to have rung you a couple of times, but I'm sadly going to have to bail at the 11th hour. I've uh, I got here last night to Suffolk. Absolutely fine. I woke up this morning and I've been had the worst sickness diary I think I've ever had in my life. Up there uh, with my honeymoon, where I've been triple crowning and all sorts, and uh, I'll have a drink of water and I'll come out of my bum in five seconds later, type thing. So I can't, I can't drive back essentially. Um, if by some miracle I feel better at four o'clock in the morning, I'll hop in the car and set off. <laughs> so he's, and he's not, he's not all right for the pod. No. The, the thing that I don't get though is that obviously he's calling in sick, but he's Bradford and Bingley coming out both ends. And why does he sound different? You don't sound different if you've got sickness and diarrhea, but he's he's definitely putting on a voice there. Mind you, if he's if he's been sick a lot, his throat could be hurting. Yeah, you're very generous. I always am, you know I am. I'll always see the bright side of everything, but Andy's pulled a sickie, basically. So no Andy at Derby County today. And no Paul? No, that's true. I'm at a, I'm in Hampshire at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. That's poor planning. It's disgusting planning. And uh, just as a pre-warning, uh, the guy works uh, works in te- some kind of high-tech firm where he but he, he maybe jokingly said that he's uh, blocked out all signal for the. <laughs> it's very rural where we're gonna be, so uh, we'll we'll have to see for post. So the post-match might just be me and James. Might just be you and James. Might be the best one ever. Probably will be, <laughs> for the benefit of those who. Uh, who are listening for the first time on a match day podcast? We uh, we get together, we try and get together and uh, discuss before our thoughts about the game, about the fixture, the referee, what the other fans are saying, and then uh, afterwards we uh, get together. And so far this season, they've been pretty positive, except for uh, the odd couple where we haven't quite done as well. We just have to go through our thoughts about the game, and we might we might have more new listeners this week potentially. Yeah, something happened this week, didn't it? Our Twitter went a bit wild for some reason. What was that about? I think, think, think we've gone viral. Oh dear. I didn't think it'd go up that much, to be honest. I knew it'd get a bit of attention, because we found it funny, that's why we did it. But um, but yeah, it went pretty bonkers, didn't it? It was when it was like one hour in, there's been 4,000 listens. Then two hours in, 19,000 listens. And then in the morning, oh, 100,000 listens. God knows now. Last time I checked, it was at like quarter of a million, and that's on ones that we can see because I think a few people have shared it or ripped it and put it on their own stuff, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it was, it was meant to be a good laugh. Hope everyone's enjoying it. So, if you're not one of those quarter of a million, then check out our Facebook and Twitter at Leeds That and see our latest song. Just a bit of fun, Ailing Two. It's had uh, absolute rave reviews on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I've seen comments like. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely appalling. 
totally tragic. The weirdest but slightly catchiest thing you'll see on the internet today. So there you go. How can you, how can you resist? Get on it. At leads that. There's a few Blades fans and Derby fans sharing it, saying this is awful. It's like, well, why are you sharing it? <laughs> Cheers for that, guys. <laughs> right. So uh, James, tell us about the fixture today. Little insignificant team turning up. Yeah, it's the return of Derby County to Ellen Road. Uh, I think it's like the 5,000th time we've played them this year, isn't it? Something like that. Um, the first time without Frank Lampard at the helm. Uh, it'd be, I'm glad to see the back of him, to be honest. Uh, you, well, everyone knows the last time out how painful it was. It was playoff semi-final and uh, we've buried that. We've forgotten about it. And uh, yeah, now it's first outing for Philip Koku and his Derby County. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, record-wise, we're, you know, we're, we're way ahead. We've won 57... Uh, drawn 28 games and Derby have lost 38 of our total uh, encounters. So team news today. Um, we're looking good, aren't we? <laughs> it seems that we almost have a we almost have a full complement for the first time since Marcelo took over. I think Forshaw's still out um, with his hip issue, but Jamie Ch- Jamie Shack did himself uh, no harm playing in, in the game appearance he put in last week. Um, Luke Aylin's and Tyler Roberts have both made appearances. Uh, actually, it's worth on that note. Uh, I discovered this week that Luke Aylin's played 116 times for the first team. <laughs> yeah, that that has been a theme this week as well. Yeah, that's very good. They're nailing it, aren't they? Digital Wilson, he's smashing it. What was the one today? So the Legion United Twitter account says, they describe it as a rivalry that's reached new heights. We see it as our next league game. Today we take on Derby County at Ellen Road. Yeah, it's so true. That's how it should be for us as well. Back to them just being another team we don't care about. Yeah. I I think that the fans hopefully have taken on that mantra as well. Because last year's gone. And the more they dwell on last year, the more the longer they're going to stay at the bottom of the league. To be fair, I think a lot of uh, animosity from us came or was aimed towards Frank Lampard as well, and he's gone. So the one thing that probably would have uh, stayed in that rivalry was that, as have all their players as well. It's a completely different team, so don't care. That's very true. So back to our team news. Do you, th- do we, do you think Eddie's done enough to start? Do we need him in that super sub role? And is Jack Clark going to, uh, after his little compliments from Marcelo, do we think he will make it onto the bench? I think no on both fronts. I think Nketiah will be on the bench and Jack Clark won't be in the uh, match day squad. What about Helder Costa, though? He's he's the one, if anybody's going to break into... Well, Costa and Douglas are the two who I reckon have got a chance of breaking into the first 11 today. So we replace the left-hand side? Maybe, yeah. I might have got this slightly wrong, but I read that uh, Harrison has lost the ball more times than any of our other attacking players. Well, and that one one in twenty three crosses actually reaches a man, which is the poorest return of anybody who puts crosses into the box. Is this a problem though with the crossing or with the positional play? Because if you cross the ball into the box and there isn't a Leeds player there, then you're never going to reach a Leeds player, are you? No, but equally, and I'm, I'm absolutely no expert on this. People um, do compliment Bamford on his positional play, so it was worth maybe keeping a closer eye on. It seems to me that if we if we if it's the same people crossing when Nketiah is on the pitch, it reaches him more often. But I might be wrong. Okay, here's an example: when Costa did, when Bamford did put it in the back of the net last week, 
uh, when it was uh, Costa was ruled offside, it was someone else putting the ball in. Good point. So I think, yeah, Costa to start. So what's worth a punt today? What are the bookies saying? Bookies, 4-11 Leeds win, 4-1 draw and 13-2 Derby win. I, to be honest, like, I mean, they're without Lawrence, who's their best player as well. I think he's on five yellow cards, which is ridiculous, considering we're only a few games into the season. Which their manager has said as well, it is ridiculous for a winger to have five yellow cards out of seven yeah. appearances. That's like, that's Pontus Janssen style. My money would go on a Leeds win, but I'm not a betting man. Today's referee, James, who's that? Oliver Langford. Weirdly, every game he's refereed this season has been a draw. I mean, some of us on the podcast would argue whether one of them was actually a draw because it was our Stoker <laughs> exit from the Carabao Cup. But uh, yeah, every oh, game no. this season. I can't believe you brought yeah. that up again. <laughs> how, was it, how was it possibly a draw? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when you look at his record, it's displayed as a two-all draw. Did the game finish 2-2, two, two, Matthew? Are we still in the Carabao Cup, Paul? <laughs> I think both of those facts are indisput- indisputable. We uh, we drew that match, but exited from the Cup. Yeah, because we, because we lost on penalties. We didn't draw on penalties. We lost on penalties. Right, moving swiftly on, what are the Derby County fans saying? <laughs> Derby County fans. Well, a lot of the chat on their forum um, was just about Wayne Rooney, which was really annoying and boring. It shows you how like they're just missing everything this season. They're just having to look forward to something happening. But yeah, the, the whole Rooney thing does wind me up anyway, the whole 32 Red. 32 Red obviously sponsor everyone, but why have they given them extra money for Rooney? Allegedly giving them extra money for, for Rooney. I don't like it. It'll be their cup final after we humiliated them on their own turf in May. Tough afternoon, but brighter times ahead for us. Stop crying, West Yorkshire 3, Derby nil, And they're all like that, to be honest. Everyone just thinks we're absolutely going to pump them today. So, uh, Which has been a common thread in this section the last few podcasts. Yeah, fair enough. So that, that leads nicely into uh, predictions for the game. Uh, James, what are you saying? Uh, for the game, I am going to say... I think if we, if we can open them up and we get an early goal, I think we'll absolutely destroy them. But if not, I think it's going to be a tough fought 2-0. Matt, what's the, what do you say in the paper? What's the feeling on the sports desk? I've gone one all. Oh. one all. Wow. What's your th- thinking behind that? We're rubbish at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've only won one since we last played Derby at home. There's a big chance to uh, get rid of the, uh, the demons of Ellen Road today, I think, isn't there? draw a line under a lot of things beating Derby at home yeah obviously I hope that we win I hope we absolutely smash him but I think we've got to go you can't predict to win every week and if we're going to not win a game this feels like one that we won't so one all um, I'm thinking 2-1 leads and hopefully 2-0 and they just get their goal quite late And uh, never mind hopefully 2-0 hopefully well hopefully 7-0 you know hopefully 12-0 yeah, 12-0. yeah. And you know, by me not being there, maybe that'll instigate a positive performance. And it's worth noting, Andy said one nil or four nil. Got um, t- we put a Twitter poll out as we usually do. Nearly three hundred votes on it, and ninety three percent are saying Leeds win, four percent draw, three percent Derby win. A few people with uh, score predictions that we'll read out as well. If I can read some of their Twitter handles, God. Roger Allison says three nil, but would be delighted with one nil. Get one yourself, son, says 6-0. Kevin Wilson says 2-1 leads. Chris Pickles says 3-1. Uh, Bickers says 1-0. And Chris LUFC 66, 3-1. So, yeah, everyone's feeling positive, aren't they? Very much so. So, having said that, James, what's your word? Well, my word this week is demolition. 
as in demolition derby. And I don't mean <laughs> like us all <laughs> uh, scrapping around in the middle of the pitch, banging into one another, but I mean, it should be a demolition of their net. They're, they're not a great side. We're the best footballing team in the league and by all accounts, we should pull them apart. Matt, what's your word? Uh, I'm going to go with half as my word today because there's only half of the podcast going to the game. I'm I'm sad. I was really looking forward to this because it's been weeks since we've all got together. Uh, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna steal James's word. I'm nervous because I hate the fact that it's happening, and uh, kick off at this wedding's twelve thirty as well, and it sounds like it's in a reception black zone. So when you're sat there knowing it's going on and having no clue what's going on, that makes me nervous. Uh, poor old Andy, our sick colleague. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly sick colleague. Well, that's his word. He says sick, sick that he's poorly, sick that he's not going to be there, and sick when he thought back to what happened in May. Well, let's hope we turn that round. Yeah, very much so. So, fingers crossed I'll be able to join you post-match. If not, enjoy the game, and I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. So we're uh, back after the game that finished 1-1. Um, I missed it all. How are, how are you guys feeling? I think that sums it up. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's half it's half nine in the evening now, so I've had a few hours to get over it. Um, but it hurt at the time. I was very mad. Very mad. Mad because you could see it coming. I was following on Wacko, which is virtually like suicidal stuff really because they have a meltdown even if it wasn't that bad bbc seemed to say it's all all right phil hayes said people want the uh, final whistle our dear sick friend was texting me updates and he wasn't too comfortable was that the football or was that still the uh, sickness and diarrhea i think i think the uh, the football heightened the situation i thought that text was going to be for full time it was awful it was probably the most dominant performance that we've had this season yeah you guys tell me about it we should have been three or four nil up at half time in my opinion definitely and it was just to be honest i was quite happy at half time because at least we at least we'd scored we'd said before we've had this moment where we get to 80 minutes and it's still nil nil at least we would we'd scored and derby if they were going to get anything out of it they had to attack us and then after about 70 minutes, around the times we started making the substitutions, we seemed to back off, we stopped pressing. We were at, Our press in the first half was incredible, it was the best it's been for a while. And then we, we just seemed to stop, and I don't know whether we got tired or whether it was a deliberate tactical decision, but I wouldn't say Derby came into it, because they didn't really, but they certainly had more opportunity to get down the other end of the pitch and possibly fluke a goal, and that's what they did in the end. So how are you feeling though? Because your prediction was bang on. Yeah, what a consolation. What a consolation, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I came out. I was like, "Well, we've lost two points, but you know, at least I was right." Well, I said, <laughs> "I said they'd score a late goal, but unfortunately, we missed the second one of ours." I thought um, Bamford's a funny one, isn't he? Because he's playing well; like he's he's doing everything right apart from scoring. Like there was a horrible lobby made in the first half where if he had a he, he had a good first touch and then let it run away from him, and then he took a shot on his right foot on his. 
on his development foot, as it's known in the co- coaching world. And uh, it was awful. It, yeah, it was awful. It just after his first touch, just blasted it with his left left foot. And and that is a lot of it is that um, we just don't take uh, chances quick enough. We, we're always trying to sort of pass it into the net. But yeah, and um, the other thing as well was Bamford um, was some sort of deity when he won that penalty for us, and you know everyone was like behind him. Click misses it, and uh, they all blame Bamford again. Full time, <laughs> everyone's like on Bamford's back. Like, hang on a minute, it was Click who, tr- who tried to uh, do a nonchalant pass into the corner of the net. Yeah, but it worked last week. It worked. Well, it would have worked this week. He sent the keeper the wrong way. He just rolled it past the post. I think. Bamford had a great game. I think yeah. he was one of our better players. He worked so hard. He was all over the place. That lob was absolutely atrocious. But then at the same time, he had a shot which was a whisker past the post where he t- he just took a snapshot from, I don't think it was outside the box even, and it just flew wide. He needs to do more of that because we pass it around the um, penalty area far too much. And I think that if he... If he had more, literally took more shots, he might score more goals, which sounds a bit obvious, but that is part of the problem. And he hit the post as well. And then the work that he did to win the penalty was great. So I have no no complaints with Patrick Bamford at all. And if anything, we looked worse when he went off. Yeah, he was working his socks off. And someone else said as well that um, I think he's got four and eight now, hasn't he? So he's on target for 20 plus goals of the season. And, and you know... I think someone someone said as well on Sky or it might have been Talk Sport actually that we need a proven goal scorer. It's like they don't exist at this level. Once they're once they're proven, they go up to the Premier League, don't they? And now's his season to to kind of become a proven striker. I'd, I'd argue that Patrick Bamford is a proven goal scorer. Any most other clubs would, who signed him in the Championship would say, "Great, we've got a proven goal scorer here." But one one of the players that we talked um, we've talked a lot about as as being the one who was. Under threat, I think we we it was coined as, but uh, was Jack Harrison and and I think his his substitutions are, are coming earlier and earlier, aren't they now? Yeah, well, he was he was half time against Barnsley, wasn't he? But he was um, again though. I thought he had a good game. He worked he worked hard. Some of the touches which you've come to expect now, if a ball comes to him from eighty yards, forty yards, fifty yards away, he'll take it in one touch and take it in his stride, and he'll be awesome. His first touch is absolutely unbelievable. Like both feet, no matter what height, it's incredible. It's just that decision making that uh, beyond that, which I've said so many times now, it's getting boring, isn't it? But um, I think he's he's got so much ability. It'll something will fall in into place for him. I'm sure. And Bielsa obviously believes in him. Can you coach that decision making? Bielsa's made roses out of quite a few thorns. Again, though, I saw Harrison put in a couple of decent balls. He's not he's not great, but I did see him put in a few decent balls, but they put he put him into a penalty area with no white shirt in it. Having not seen the game, I'm not going to be able to comment on Man of the Match, but how did everyone else play? Talk us through it a little bit. Uh, Matthias Click had another fantastic game, and he would have been a contender for Man of the Match, but I don't feel like giving him Man of the <laughs> Match when he missed a penalty. So, unlucky. Do you think he defended really well, Matt? I just think he was all over the place. He, and he kept stealing the ball off them and then making really clever turns and finding space and starting attacks. He he just seems to be getting better week in, week out. But quite quietly, it's not like everybody's raving about him, but he's such an important part of how we play. And I thought that 
to be honest, everybody had a great game. Ben White and Calvin Phillips had a standard game, which was absolutely top class, both of them. Stuart Dallas played very well again. I think the I think the probably the most telling thing about the game was how bad Derby were. They did they they pretty much offered no threat. So the fact they scored is even more disappointing. Yeah. So what do we do? Because that's Derby, Forest, and Swansea. You've all come by the sounds of it, deserve to leave with nothing and taken something. We've dropped seven points at home. You've referred to this a lot, Matt. Where do we go next with it? Do we just go as we are, keep going it? Plan A's good. Well, first of all, Derby were a lot. Derby were worse than Swansea and Forest. They looked beaten from the from the first whistle. They didn't look like they they didn't look like they had a chance of getting anything out of the game. They didn't look like they particularly wanted to get anything out of the game. They were they were pretty much hopeless, and they've still shared the points with us. So it's pretty galling. I think that in order to solve it, I mean, again on Radio Leeds on the way home, well, we'll just start Costrin and Ketia, and that'll solve it. But the part of the problem today was the substitutes to me. As soon as we made the substitutions, that's when we started backing off and we didn't quite have the um, pressure in the final third. Harrison and Bamford do a lot more work on trying to pick the ball up off opposition defenders than Costrin and Ketia do. don't know what you thought, James. Uh, the, the main thing I noticed was that we were, we were really good up until we missed that penalty, I thought. I thought as soon as we missed the penalty, you could see Click's head had dropped. There was, there was a corner down the other end against us and he, he just looked like he's... Head was in his hands really and I just think that's no good for everyone else on the pitch and we we all seem to sort of go back on ourselves a bit and just let them come at us and, uh, and I think like no matter what they've got to try and stay positive and the fans have as well which leads me back to what you keep saying which there is <laughs> a bit of a problem or at Ellen Road at the minute and I do think there's some sort of tension or something going on that needs to be lifted or just start costing. <laughs> well I was going to say that tension only comes in when we're at 70 minutes and it's nil-nil or it's only one-nil. If we put away our chances in the first half, every game without fail, we have a load of them. <laughs> if we put away our chances, made it 2-0, 3-0, then that tension would totally go away. It'd be like that West Brom game that we had um, at the end, you know, in March, last, end of last season, where we scored early and you know we put the game to bed. And that game is just over the horizon, isn't it, now? It is. It is. I was on the way back from the game. I had the radio on, and it, they were the main game on Five Live was Man City Watford. I think they were five nil up in the first twenty minutes, and that's what we need to do. So, offering a bit of perspective, then we're eight games in, seventeen points, averaging more than two points a game. Won five, drawn two, lost one. Should have won every game, so we should be happy, yeah. On the on the evidence we've got so far, we're comfortably the best team in the league. But do you trust the world <laughs> for that to be borne out by the league table by the end of the season? Well, I'm going to uh, introduce a new feature. We can edit it out if it doesn't work, but it's called Tracking Wolves. And Wolves in their title winning season, I feel, is a good barometer for us. And uh, we are bang on points that they had after eight games. And... Uh, Everyone who's gone up automatically since then, we're uh, above them on points. So it's it's hard when you're watching games uh, and you and you know in your heart that you should be winning them to come away and feel positive. But I'm going to use that as our little tracker and see how we get on as the season goes. And I know it's silly because it's game week eight, but at the end of the the game week, we're going to still be top, and psychologically. I think that's important. 
Yeah, that is important. And the other thing that you can point to is that the Derby fans and the Derby players celebrated the goal and the draw as if they'd just won the league. And I remember us being in a position where we were useless, going away from home, getting pounded for 90 minutes. And if we grabbed an equaliser on the other occasion, then we celebrated it hard as well because it was all you had to celebrate. And I wouldn't swap with them. I wish more fans could get a little perspective because there's a, there is a sense of desperation amongst a sector of the fan, fan base. Well, James, did you say that there was somebody chanting Bielsa out on the way out of the ground? There was literally one guy, you know the wall of people that goes through uh, Lowfield Tunnel, and there, there was one guy coming the other way and he was just shouting, Bielsa out, Bielsa out. I was like, well, if there's ever a metaphor of one guy walking against an army of thousands of others, um, there it is. He can't have been a Leeds fan. No chance. I presume he was that same rare breed that you saw at the uh, away game. It's unbelievable, Matt. isn't it? I mean, we, we don't we don't have a bad game anymore. I can't remember the last time where I saw us play and thought, "Oh, we weren't we weren't very good today." Hasn't happened this season. So give me a man of the match, guys. I really don't know. I don't I don't know if there was a fault on on the the goal at the end because I I just didn't watch it back because I was I was good at the time, but. Cooper for me is just growing and growing and growing and and I like how he um we always sort of forget about him but he's he's growing and growing and growing and he's leading the team impeccably. I even saw at the end uh, Click was just sat on the floor with his head in his hands at, at full time and he like literally just lifted him up off the floor and like pushed him towards the crowd to clap and I thought yeah that's exactly what they need is someone guiding them. So it's as much as what he he did off the field as as on it as well. Bloke behind me today um, was raving about Ben White. He was saying, oh, Ben White, what a good signing. Where we found him from, fantastic. Absolutely unbelievable player. Cracking centre-half. And then the guy next to him said, yeah, we just need another one now to to play alongside him. <laughs> but no, I agree, Cooper had a good game. Um, I think everybody and everybody had a good game. I, could, I couldn't pick out a player who had a bad game. So it's really difficult to pick a man of the match. Um, so I'm going to give it to Patrick Bamford because... He deserves it. He he worked so hard. We looked, we didn't look as good when he went off, and he's been given a load of stick for no reason afterwards. So he's my man of the match, and he won the penalty. And if um, we'd have scored that, their consolation goal wouldn't have been an issue. So what did Marcelo have to say after the game today? He said it was deja vu. He had a bit of a joke at the start of the press conference and said that we don't really need to have a press conference because it's just the same thing, <laughs> again and again. Um, he said we played very well for sixty minutes. Very, very good. Maybe the best 60 minutes in his time as coach of the team. Uh, after that, we were a little superior for 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes was similar for both teams and that he'd um, been careful to take care in the final stages and taken steps to lock down the left-hand side of the pitch. He brought Barry Douglas on for Pablo and um, switched Alioski up to left wing. And uh, again, I think a lot of Leeds fans are saying that that was a bad call. Right, so it's all said and done. What's our final words for today? We'll start with you, James. All right. I feel all right. Everything's going to be all right as well. It's not as doom and gloom as uh, Facebook and Twitter would lead you to believe people. So don't worry about it. Matt? I'm going with dominant because we were dominant today and people should remember that even though the result doesn't show it. Mine's going to be top as in we are still top, top, top of the league. And uh, Andy's given us his word. It's relief as in he's relieved we're still top of the league and I think he's finally got a little bit of Relief from his symptoms. Yeah, get well soon, Andy. 
Do you want James? Do you want to promote anything? Uh, we probably should, shouldn't we? We've got loads of podcasts. We've even got a, a YouTube channel now. We've got all sorts, haven't we? What should we plug? Oh, I thought I thought that was the plug. <laughs> all right, okay. Yeah, we've got loads of stuff. Go to leadsthat.com. There's links to all of our social channels. It's at leadsthat where it's available. Um, we've got a good prize draw that's on the go at the minute, actually, as well. We've got a... What's in the pot? We've got a... In the original packaging, Tony Yeboa Corinthian figure. We've got a... Do you want to win signed copy by Lee Hicken, the director, director of That and Take Us Home. And we've also got a chord sheet from Ellen Smith for her version of... Uh, marching on together so really good and i think we're gonna have some more prizes going the pot soon aren't we yeah that's already an unmissable leeds united collector's item bundle yeah it is uh so yeah just go into your email address and your name at leadsthat.com and be in with a chance to win right we'll be back next week with our charlton match day pod see you then Podcast Network.